Like Robin Cook, he is a doctor who likes to write. But unlike Robin Cook and his famous novels like Coma or Brain or Seizure, he is not writing for millions, but for one. Like a journalist, he wants to get to the truth, so he will give you the facts. Truth is terribly important to a doctor. Like a blogger, he has an opinion, and he wants to persuade you to his opinion. Also, he's a bit of an artist, and he paints some powerful pictures with his words. I suppose there's a bit of a doctor's prescription in all this, because, of course, a doctor wants you, well, this doctor wants you not so much to take the medicine as the message. Mr. T has great respect for his friend and doctor as he begins to read. So the doctor writes, telling his friend, Mr. T, that he's done careful investigation into the stories that he now wants to give, and he wants to give an orderly account. So Mr. T begins to read. After a bit of history and a few birth stories, there are stories of teachings, stories of miracles, and there are stories that really are quite amazing. Then he comes to one story, this story. I like to think it was after Sabbath day's worship, and like now, even then, folks get together after worship to eat. A very important person, a community and religious leader, came up to Jesus after worship and invited him over for dinner. Jesus, why don't you come over after temple? We have some great lamb, and the grapes have just ripened. How about it? Can you come by my house? Sure, Jesus responded. I'd like nothing better. So Jesus showed up and sat down at the dinner table. Of course, many important people were at Simon's house. Leaders always have their entourage with them, and this was no exception. The temple leaders were there, the ones who had read Scripture, and the teacher of the day. It was a grand group, and they all welcomed Jesus to the table. Who is this man? Did he really do what he was saying? It was a fine time to hear from this man, whose star was obviously rising. It was claimed by a growing number that he had healed a paralytic, a man's crippled hand, and one actually even claimed that he had cleansed a leper. In fact, just days earlier, a huge crowd had turned out to hear him, and again, there were reports of healings. Also, many said Jesus really moved them with his message from the mountain. Then, too, over in Nain, another huge crowd showed up as he came into the village, and they say that he raised a widow's dead son back to life. That started folks to thinking. Maybe Jesus really was a great prophet. Maybe God had raised up a prophet. So Simon the Pharisee decided to see for himself just what Jesus was all about. Now he sat there at table with him. Everything went just as planned. It was a grand meal. Grand, that is, until she showed up. Simon saw her first. She slipped in behind Jesus. She was carrying something. Beautiful as she was, she seemed a bit of a mess. She was silently sobbing as she came into the room, tears flowing down her face freely. Simon was caught. 
Should he interrupt the dinner and shoo her away? Should he just hope she'd soon leave? As he was turning this over in his mind, she actually leaned over Jesus' feet and her tears began to fall on his feet. Simon found his answer. I'll wait and watch. Not a bad plan when you really don't know what to do. As he watched, a smile began to cross his lips. This was turning into a scene. <laughs> Let's see how he handles this. The Pharisee thought to himself, this should be interesting. And it was. She was sobbing by this time, and the tears were falling all over his feet. Soon she began to dry Jesus' feet with her hair and actually started kissing them. Next, she opened her bottle of perfume and poured it onto his feet, his ankles. The conversation grew awkward and strained, what with her carrying on like that. Ah, this is beautiful, the Pharisee thought to himself. This, this Jesus, who does he think he is? If he were actually a man of God, say a prophet, he would know who on earth this woman is, that she is a sinner. Maybe it was a lull in the conversation. Maybe it was Simon staring at the woman. Well, who knows what it was? Actually, Jesus knows. What he knows is that this woman is not welcome. He asks the host if he can say something. Simon, uh, I, have, I have something to say to you. And everyone in the room knew by Jesus' selection of words that he meant to speak to Simon. This was not you all, just you, Simon. Now it was Simon on the spot. Uh, sure, uh, whatever, teachers, whatever you want, say on. So Jesus began with a simple story. A banker had two men that owed him money. One guy owed him about $75,000, and the other guy owed him about $7,500. The banker canceled the debts of both men. Now, which one of them do you think loved the banker more? <laughs> of course, it was a no-brainer. But Jesus was still looking at Simon, like he expected him to answer so guardedly as always. Simon said, <clears throat> uh, well, I suppose the one who had the greatest debt canceled. Jesus smiled, looking right at Simon like a teacher smiling at the best kid in the class, and commended Simon, good answer, you are right. Then Jesus turned to the elephant in the room and looked right at her. Another question, do you see this woman? <laughs> How could he not see her? Finally, at least the tension was broken and they could talk about her. But Jesus didn't miss a beat as he continued. Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. 
You did not pour oil on my hair, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Silence. No one moved. No one spoke. Even the woman had stopped touching Jesus, and their eyes were locked onto each other, Jesus and the woman. Again he spoke, only softer now, still looking at the woman. Your sins are forgiven. The scene shifts to the guests. They begin to murmur. After all, their host had been offended. But worse yet, who did Jesus think he is? Why on earth would he allow this sinful woman to touch him? Now he was unclean and forgive sins? But before their protest could grow any louder, Jesus declared with authority, Your faith has saved you. Shalom. Go. Go in peace. Slowly, Mr. T put down the story. He'd read about the healings and the teachings, and he had marveled. But this story, it touched him deeply as he pictured it all. He almost felt like he was the woman and that Jesus had been speaking to him. That was a good feeling. Your sins, though they are many, are forgiven. Go in peace. But as the glow of the story faded, he reviewed it again in his head. There were lots of people there, all kinds. How did the disciples of Jesus and of John see it as they watched their teacher? And what about the town officials and the synagogue leaders? <laughs> they sure were upset. Would I have been upset by Jesus and that woman fawning over him? Maybe I'm more like them than I know. I sure do. Look down my nose at some folks. What if Jesus did something great to people I don't like? Hmm. hmm. Mr. T began to consider this, continued to consider the story. And then, of course, there was Simon, Simon the Pharisee. I wonder if Simon was glad he had invited Jesus to dinner. And how would I feel if Jesus came to my house and implied that well, actually, I didn't really love him all that much. Or even worse, implied that I had been rude to him. Love. Do I really love Jesus? Mr. T sat a long time that afternoon, a long time turning the story over in his mind. Who is Jesus, really? What difference has he made in my life. I'd like for you to answer that question in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And uh, what would you do if Ted were on Colorado Boulevard and ran into you and they have those cameras and microphone and he walked up and said, uh, what difference has Jesus made in your life? What kind of answer would you give if it was a person on the street interview? 
And I'd like you to practice that. So uh, this morning I'm going to ask you to risk a little bit, step out of your comfort zone in just a moment. If you ask me that question, I would say, well, Jesus has given me direction. I get lost easily. I go the wrong way easily. I sometimes don't know which way I'm going. And in my life, Jesus has come into my life and not just been a Savior, but he has given me a sense of direction. That's how I'd answer it. So I want you to stand up. Oh, how nervous are you now? And uh, turn around and greet a couple people, but don't just greet them. Get in a little circle and share uh, what difference has Jesus made in your life. Would you share that with each other? There'll, there will be a test. We're done. We're done. Okay, thank you for, for venturing out like that. I appreciate it a great deal. Um, I'd like some feedback. So somebody, you could share what you said, or maybe there was something that was in your group that was good. Um, Anybody on this side, some, something you heard as an answer to the question, what difference did Jesus make? Something you heard in your group. He gives me a center. He's the, gives me a center. Did you say, Helen? He gives me strength. Strength. Joy, okay. And about the middle rotors here. Peace, freedom, and forgiveness. Hope. Okay. Others. Direction. Purpose. Grace. What was that? Meaning. Meaning, yeah. Thought you said meetings, and I said, that's a good Baptist. Uh, I met Jesus, and all I do is go to meetings now. No, no, meaning, yeah, with an N. Very good. Um, I'd like for you to find a Bible, if you would, and turn to Luke chapter 1. Uh, if you could find a Bible and turn to Luke chapter 1, there should be one in front of you. It's on page 56 in this Bible that's in the pew rack. Um, <clears throat> Luke chapter 1. I'm not going to read that to you, but you can see in the first paragraph that Dr. Luke says that he's undertaken to write down some things, and he's writing to this friend of his, Theophilus, Mr. T for short. And he's writing to him because he wants to set things in order. He says, I want to give you an orderly account of the things that you've heard about. And there are lots of ways to read the Bible, but we could actually go through this. In fact, I would enjoy it today if we went through these various stories and... um, just asked an, a, a kind of an imaginary question, what difference did Jesus make in this person's life? Now, I'd like some help reading today, so um, if, if uh, we, I need somebody to run the mic around. Who would, uh, let's go over to chapter, where, where do I want to go first? I want to go to chapter 2, verse 8. And uh, who would read verses 8 through 12, four verses? Somebody stand and read, Ted will hold the mic for you. Thank you, Bunny. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Okay. should be about the shepherds. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you the good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, a, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Thank you. Okay, if you were a shepherd, uh, the question is, what difference did Jesus make in your life? Now, it's likely that we have this story because the shepherds had this experience and they kept telling it over and over and over. And I would suspect that Luke actually met a shepherd and talked to him and heard it firsthand. How many, at least some of Ken Burns' uh, documentary on World War II? Did anybody see some of that? Isn't it amazing? Now, World War II has been over for over 50 years. And isn't it amazing as you hear the men and women in that documentary, as they tell what happened to them some 50-plus years ago, the emotion? Did you catch that? The tears and the emotion some 50 years later. And that's the way it is when you are in a profound experience. You don't forget it. It, it stays with you all your life, just as a profound scar does or, any, or a good event. And so I, I'm not surprised that the shepherds hung on to this story. Now, the question is, what difference do you think they would say Jesus made in their life? What? A huge difference. What would that huge difference be? He was announced to them as the Messiah, yeah. So I think if you were a Jewish shepherd out there in the night all the time, and you realize, do you understand? I mean, if they actually believe Jesus was the Messiah, that's a pretty good story to tell, isn't it? Do you, do you know what I experienced? I actually was there within hours of when Messiah was born. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Big difference. Now, let's flip over to another page or two to uh, chapter 5. And I would like someone to read chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, just two verses, but who would be willing to read those to us? And again, we're going to pretend that we're the leper in this case. Thank you, Cindy. Once when he, I'm sorry. Once when he was in one of the cities, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. Amen. What difference did Jesus make for this man? Life changing, how so? From terrible shape to good shape, okay. Outcast. Mm-hmm. Came in, came from outcast into community. Uh-huh. And physically healed. He's well. So, yeah, life-changing. I mean, you, we probably could not over dramatize this event in this man's life. If you were to interview the shepherd, he said, I can tell you what difference Jesus made. It's huge. Now, let's go over to verse 27, same chapter. And I'd like to do this all afternoon. Uh, we, we could go through these stories, but let's take just a couple more. Who would read verse 27? Chapter 5, verse 27. Yeah. David, wait for the microphone and we'll listen. Thanks. I like that. Ted's getting a workout this morning. 
After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Amen. So if we were talking to Levi or Matthew, same person, um, and we said, Levi, what difference did Jesus make in your life? What would Levi say? Changed my career. I was going one way, I ended up going another way. So completely a life-changing experience for him. Now, I wonder in your own life if you have ever uh, met someone, or perhaps it's happened to you, that uh, they would say today, you know, Jesus healed me. Or perhaps you've met someone that said, you know, Jesus changed my career. I was had one career, but after Jesus I had a different career. Have you ever met anyone like that? Or someone who had an encounter with the Messiah and said, you know, I, I, this is my experience with Jesus, even as the shepherds. Or someone who'd say, you know, I really think I was an outsider, an outcast, but now I've come into the community, the church, and I'm a part of the family of God. Uh, I want to look at one more story, and it's in chapter 8, and I'll read this one. Uh, in chapter 8, verse 1. Now, the interesting thing is, of course, when Luke wrote this, he didn't put down verses and chapter titles. And this story actually comes on the heels of the story we just told you about the sinful woman and Simon the Pharisee. And so it's interesting that right after the story about this one woman that Jesus has forgiven and embraced, we come to this, chapter 8, verse 1. Soon afterwards, he, Jesus, went through the cities and villages proclaiming and preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, as well as some women who had been cured of all evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Cusa, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. Now, it's interesting, just as an aside, it has nothing to do with the sermon, but how did Jesus afford to travel all around the country? Well, the women paid. <laughs> That's what this verse says, verse 3. The women financed the ration. Kind of interesting. Luke picks up on that. But I wanted to point out in verse 2, you've all heard of Mary Magdalene, especially around the resurrection stories, and we all know the name Mary Magdalene. If you were asking Mary Magdalene, what difference did Jesus make, what do you think her answer would be? He forgave her, threw out seven demons. Would it be unfair to say Mary said, I got my mind back? I was crazy, but now I'm not crazy. Uh, I was possessed, now I'm not possessed. Uh, whatever that verse means, uh, Jesus again made a radical difference in her life. Uh, and I think it's fair to say Mary might say, I got my mind back. Um, I also like the story, and we're not going to turn to it, but there's a story in Scripture about a blind man. There are lots of stories about Jesus healing blind men. One of them, though, is a story where Jesus touches the blind man's eyes, and he says, what do you see? And the guy says, I see people. That's good. But they're like trees. Not so good. Now, it's a tough parable. Uh, I, I don't understand quite why it didn't work the first time, but I like it. Because what happened there? Jesus, it's, the Scripture says, touched his eyes again, 
And Jesus said, now what do you see? And the man said, oh, I can, I can see people walking. I can see clearly now. And I like that story because Jesus does make a difference. But I like that story because the fact of the matter is, not only has Jesus touched me, he's touched me a second time, and actually I think I'm on about my one millionth time that Jesus has touched me and made a difference in my life. And so I'm glad that when I say, Jesus, I'm not seeing too clearly, well, let me touch you again. And I appreciate that second touch, or in my case, the millionth touch. So Jesus does make a difference, or he should, in all kinds of ways. Jesus forgives us and saves us, and that's a difference. Yes, Jesus comforts and encourages us, too. After the blind man was touched by Jesus the second time, the Scripture says he saw everything clearly. Do you see differently because Jesus has touched your eyes, your life, your body, your mind? Is there a difference because of Jesus? Brennan Manning is an author I love to read, and a friend gave me another book of his, and so I'm in the middle of it, and he tells a story about being in New Orleans. I think it was Mardi Gras. He was there with his wife, and they were going around the French Quarter, I think, in Jack. And he said, we had had some wonderful shrimp gumbo and eaten all kinds of foods, and we capped it off by going to the haagen where we had this splendid ice cream sundae. He said it was almost a religious experience. It was so good. Listen as I write. He said, we came around the corner, as I read his writing, he, he says, we rounded the corner of Bourbon Street and saw a smiling girl, about 21 years old. She approached us and pinned flowers on our jackets. And she asked us if we would like to make a donation to her mission. When I inquired what her mission was, she said, the Unification Church. Your founder is Dr. Sun Moon, so I guess that means you're a Mooney. Yes, she answered. She had two strikes against her in my book, Brennan says. First of all, she was a pagan who didn't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And she was a witless, naive kid who had been mesmerized by a cult. You know something, Susan, I said. I deeply admire your integrity and your faithfulness to your conscience. You're out there tramping the streets doing what you really believe in. You are quite a challenge to those of us who claim to be Christian. My wife reached out and embraced her, and I embraced the two of them. Are you Christians, she asked. We nodded. She lowered her head, and I saw tears falling from her eyes onto the pavement. A minute later, she said, I've been on my mission here in the quarter for eight days now. You're the first Christians who have ever been nice to me. The others have eaten with contempt or screamed at me in the dust of a devil. One woman hit me with her Bible. What difference does Jesus make? Simon the Pharisee saw a woman. He saw the same woman Jesus saw. But they saw her different. Simon only saw a sinner. Jesus saw someone who loved much and who needed much love. Simon saw an interruption, an intrusion to his dinner party. Jesus saw the image of God in a person. Simon saw someone messing up his plans and his meal. Jesus saw the whole point of the day. 
What difference does Jesus make? What difference will He make in your life today? Without Jesus, you see a homeless person bugging you for a buck. With Jesus, you see a person, a woman broken, but made in God's image. Without Jesus, you see teenagers looking around and they make too much noise and they dress funny and their hair's the wrong color. With Jesus, you see yourself years ago. Or you see someone like your grandkids now. And you see future teachers and preachers and scientists and singers. Without Jesus, you see a gay man and you judge him or shame him or shun him. With Jesus, you see a person who struggles with self-esteem and worries about his health and wonders what's going to happen to him when he grows old. Well, our time's up. Does Jesus make in your life? 2,000 years ago, when the most excellent Theophilus put down what Dr. Luke had written, one thing is certain. He had a decision to make. Who is Jesus? What difference is Jesus going to make in your life? As we leave this story today, I'd like to ask you one last time, what difference will Jesus make in your life today?